Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge and I'm your host. I am the author of 11 books, a CEO of 12 years, the founder of a startup set on data privacy. I am an elite performance coach of over 18 years, having worked with athletes throughout Europe, the United States to Australia. And most specifically or succinctly, I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance that specifically use tennis to uncover what it really takes to develop a top 10 player. My work includes mitigating injuries through to pathways to develop a top 10 player and I am that scientist or the scientist behind those landmark findings that did uncover and has uncovered how to develop a top 10 tennis player. I'm behind theories such as the optimal performance theory, the V by Dr. B to the rule of transference. I've coined terms from the barrier breaker to the golden rule and a slew of others. Um, As has become custom in each episode, we're going to dive into one of my books and share additional insights. We've been focusing on the secrets to optimal performance success, a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players. And look, today's episode is, look, it's bouncing off our previous one, though it's so integral uh, having the discussion around it um, as a whole and on its own as well. So buckle in, enjoy the ride, and I can, I, I can guarantee you there are going to be some key takeaways today to implement into your own training practices and loads specifically if we're looking at developing that pathway that progresses towards that top 10 tennis ranking. Today's episode is on functional movement, range of movement. Now, if you'd like to follow along, we are on page 107 of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success. Now, before we dig, I guess, a bit deeper and I delve into this section, it's really important to have the discussion around functional movement but specifically range of movement there is such a huge misconception when we're looking at how the human body moves and especially in the sporting um, domain and a lot of uh, coaches parents and players often make the mistake of wanting to replicate another athletes or players um, behaviors or their techniques and the challenge there is when we're looking specifically at range of movement everyone is different everyone is a different size have has different ranges of movements to flexibility uh, different when we look at flexion extension different builds up and contributing factors to you know their level of torque how their kinetic kinetic chain into works and really how we can get the most out of the human body as a whole specifically on that performance spectrum now 
It's so fundamental when we're looking at range of movement, specifically in developmental players, to be incredibly mindful of this. I mean, obviously it's just as applicable with elite players, even more so. But when we're looking at mitigating injuries and building the foundations of a player's absolute range whilst adhering to functional movement patterns. Now, we want to adhere to those functional movement patterns because that is how we fundamentally mitigate injuries by aligning our technical parameters with what works with the human body without compromising its current state. There is, I guess, many interpretations to different analogies around this with, I guess, a very broad language base. Though what we're talking about is really simplifying how the body moves and asking yourself if you are twisting the body in a certain way that is not supported or endorsed by the kinetic chain, then we really need to ask ourselves if it is contributing to an injury now or, you know, three, four, five years down the track. So range of movement is incredibly fundamental and obviously it's applicable for all sports, um, irrespective of what sport you're playing. But obviously beyond top 10 tennis, I'm going to narrow in on tennis and, you know, really have that discussion around what that range means, say for that forehand, for the serve, the backhand, the follow through, through the volley, um, irrespective of what your movement is or your stroke of choice that you're performing, we really need to interwork the technique of an athlete's performance whilst also considering their range, which goes as far as their backswing, irrespective of their forehand and backhand, how far are they rotating? What is their natural range? What is their natural range for their momentum to release into the shot? And what is their, I guess, their forward transitions like? What is that natural range? And how can we work on improving that and progressing that over a period of time not you know one two days not one two weeks it's a progression because if we do too much and we stress stress our range too soon too far obviously again that is where injuries occur and too often we're looking at a younger athletes whether you are you know 12 13 14 15 are looking to behave the same way as that 24, 25 year old on the ATP or WTA tour. And when it comes down to range, potentially you're extending yourself too far and your body has not had the adequate time to adapt to that transition. So range of movement and functional movement together, obviously they're interworked, interconnected, but it's so fundamental to be mindful of this when we are developing an athlete. Because at the end of the day, if you know you are 12, 13, irrespective, and you wanna be in it for the long game, so that's that 10 years plus of play, which we know is when, you know, that peak performance, I guess, phase of growth within that next 10 year cycle, um, begins to develop so it is a a 20 year cycle um it's not to mean that's at the highest level of play i mean look there are some very elite players and look we know of them who have been around the game for that long but that's not specifically what we're talking about we're talking about having that longevity on your side 10 years prior and 10 years at that level 
And the only way that is able to be sustained is one, if functional movement patterns and parameters are implemented, but two, you have a chance. And what I mean you have a chance, it's saying or sharing that at this stage, if you are in that developmental, I guess, niche, it's giving yourself the chance to progress without succumbing to a debilitating injury, without having, I guess, that shoulder issue that puts you out for that two, three years, um, or ends your career, which unfortunately is, is something that happened to me. Or <laughs> you have something, you know, as such as a, a foot niggle and you develop something like plantar fasciitis to heel spurs that sidelines you again for one to two years again something that happened to me so i'm sharing this with you and speaking with you from not only that scientific standpoint and that coaching standpoint but also i guess that playing standpoint and unfortunately what happened to myself as that player athlete and the hard lessons i had to learn and obviously went on to uncover the why and that is a huge pretense of beyond top 10 tennis is trying my best here playing my part and safeguarding as, as many athletes as possible irrespective if you're 12 22 32 and just broadening that education spectrum about how we can not only minimize uh, our risk of injury but also optimize our levels of play that most excitingly deliver that top 10 tennis ranking and I don't know about you, but if I was given that blueprint when I was like 12, 13, or you know, that 17, 18, or even 22, 23 on how to develop that top 10 ranking, I'm gonna grab it and latch onto it. And of course I'm going to implement it. So it's a staggered approach so we can get there. All right, if you're obviously still with me and listening, it's about time that we dive into the chapter again on page 107. The human body is designed to move with ease functionally in order to produce a functional movement a player must be aware of their range and thus their body's limits this is um very critical when we're looking at the development mentoring developmental athlete because when you are in that age bracket you're still learning how to move your body and not necessarily mindful of that range and that's where the parents and coaches play a critical role is being mindful of you know how that child athlete player is moving and if they are overextending themselves it could be as simple as arching their back without bending the knees and if they're doing that in a repetitive uh, motion over and over and over again obviously by the time they hit adolescence that it's a window for a stress fracture in the spine so it's if we can set up the foundations earlier and we can protect them in a way earlier by building uh, not only good techniques, but exceptional and functional uh, technical parameters that we're implementing into their patterns of play, we are safeguarding them, but also it's building that framework, that baseline that is attributed to that top 10 ranking. So it's pertinent to begin with to have that discussion um, continuously with that child player athlete and obviously if you are that player um, listening please have this conversation with your parents and or guardian and your coach 
about how your body feels when you're doing a certain movement. If it feels a bit weird, have that discussion. If it's hurting, have that discussion. Now, it's so important for, again, everyone who's involved in, I guess, that triangular relationship to be a part of, you know, what does an ouch mean? What does pain mean? What does too far mean? What does overextending mean? What does, I guess, the the pain mean in, in this respect and or in this environment? And to really have, I guess, a really healthy understanding between, you know, that parent and that child to the coach and the player or athlete because often it is overlooked that there's a language barrier there not in I guess the you know the the simple context but in there's a block there within that dialogue of one person's going in going to interpret it this way and the other another way because a child's athlete's uh, definition of pain and or their threshold is going to be very different to that parents and coaches it doesn't mean that it's not painful but it needs to be conditioned in a way and a context that they're able to communicate all right and identify this is pain we need to um, rein it in or this is pain so I need to rest and that is um, very huge and it's so important and critical um, especially and it's also a red flag especially when we need to implement functional movement patterns and it's also a a red flag to say there's a very high likelihood that functional movement parameters are not being implemented likewise that that player athlete's child range of movement is not being adhered to it is obviously going too far or compromising their natural movement so it sounds like a lot but we can really rein it in and it's so simple to being able to have that conversation and sharing with that player athlete child about how that feels and then we get to work in those uh, key technical parameters when we're looking at progressing okay all players are different and can move to varied extents however in order to increase a player's range of movement this is done through conditioning until the maximum range or necessary performance reliant range is produced whilst considering functional applications now this goes back to what i was sharing earlier that every child athlete player is different and it is a progression it's not something that happens overnight but it is something a coach should be incorporating into their lessons and their progressions within a certain skill or set skill to further develop that child's technique now if you're developing a technique again that's not adhering to functional movement patterns then we really need to scrap that and we need to begin and adapt to those functional parameters if we're looking at that longevity. If you want to develop for the coaches out there, a player who has that 10 years at least on their side and they have longevity for the next 10, let's safeguard them to begin with. I can't tell you how many athletes I come across specifically in Australia who are looking to uh, reach that level of peak play and 
they are there, but they keep getting knocked back from injury. Same goes in the States. How many players are in that top echelon of play and then injuries? And, you know, it's, this, it's the same across the board there. So it's being so mindful that, unfortunately, for the parents out there, not all coaches. Coaches are actually in the minority that have this awareness of functional movement patterns and the progression of that range of movement. And if you are a coach listening out there, please, please, please upskill and be mindful of this because it is in it plays such a huge part in mitigating those injuries that are going to happen in that five to ten years. So if we can build the foundations in a healthy way now, that sets them up for success later. There there is a many clubs and academies and I was at one again a couple of months ago and we have these juniors and we're looking between that eight years to that 12 13 year range and they're playing exceptional however they are not adhering to functional movement patterns nor is their range of movement being mindful of now this coach was um, very adamant in what they were doing and their work and the sad part is that I was standing there going each one of these children they're not going to be playing in 10 years time because an injury is going to happen so for the parents out there alarm bells should be ringing for the players and athletes out there you could be performing exceptional but we're having a conversation here about do you want to be around in 10 years time playing the sport you love It is not about succeeding and getting all those ranking points when you're 8, 9, 10 years of age. That is not the point. If that does happen, it is a bonus if, your big if, if you're adhering to those functional movement patterns and the progressions involved and looking after and respecting that range of movement and being incredible mindful of that and that that open dialogue is there between what that ouch means and what pain means etc and that mutual understanding is there within that triangular approach there are so many children out there irrespective what center you're at it's, it's happening across and irrespective what country it, it's happening so it's so important, integral, fundamental, critical, pivotal to have that conversation and that level of awareness for the parents, for the coaches and for the players. Because at the end of the day, if you are 10, you, you, you've been playing for that one, two years, let's look at that 10 years. So by the time you are 20, 21, we're starting to peak. We're starting to reach that elite uh, performance spectrum on the WTA and or ATP tours. And at the end of the day, you want another 10. So you want to be playing at a high level of play until you are that 30, 31 years of age, potentially, and even longer. Now to get there, we need to look after ourselves, safeguard ourselves, and then even more, look at that functional movement parameters at that developmental level and continue. If we are not doing that now, early on, you're putting yourself at a greater risk. And that's why we see so many athletes drop off that performance spectrum in that uh, teenage bracket and those teenage years. 
though there's so much we can do to mitigate that. Here we go. This means that a player is able to move their body in the desired way without causing their body further strain and is something all athletes are capable of achieving with the right conditioning over time. Now this definitely talks back to what we've gone on about, but it reiterates the time. But it's not so much as, you know, that 10, 20 years that we're talking about, which is, I mean, look, the pathway's there in one of my books, and which is I Am Your Tennis Coaching Guru, which is filled with the, the pathways to planners. So what we're talking about here is that your range of movement develops um, in uh, progression. So when we look at that, it's let's go, if you want to try and touch your toes, and this is specifically, I'll say, for the parents and the coaches out there, it does not happen for most of us on the first go. Some are lucky enough, and it does for the the very uh, nimble and flexible. Though we can all do it if we go, Right. So you're with me? So it's a stagnated approach where you'll go down once and you'll get maybe halfway. A second time, you'll go down. Now, this happens obviously in a very short time frame. We can all do this within, you know, that 20 to 30 second time frame. And we get closer and closer and closer. Some of us will be lucky and we'll be able to put our hands on the ground. Others, we will notice our range with each try gets a little better, a little better, a little better. But that is a very, I guess, simplified example of a progression. For the player athlete, however, this is something that takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It's not something that happens overnight because we are developing the human body. We are developing our range of motion. We are looking at our technique as a whole and then focusing on the discrete skill that we're working on and then interworking that with the serial skill. So if we're looking at the discrete skill, it could be what our uh, wrist is doing specifically at contact. So it's, it's a very you know specific discrete movement. But in the serial skill, then we're looking at the actual forehand and how it all interworks. So the discrete movements of a skill is what we're doing to build up the skill as a whole, so the serial skill. And without getting too complex, I'll bring that back in. It's really about simplifying it, going, okay, I'm happy with each um, integral step within this movement, within this technique, and now let's look at the range. So there's so many interworking pieces responsible for that technique and developing that technique. And then when we're looking at range of movement and implementing range of movement and progressing our range, you can see why this does not happen overnight. It's a progression and it's something that it's critical to be mindful of within uh, that progression. So it could be just very subtle in week one. And all it is is very subtle. And then when we start and begin to fine tune each specific and succinct discrete skill, and then when we are happy with the whole skill, so that serial skill, and we go, okay, now let's look at the range. Because if we start looking at the range without developing the correct technique, so that those correct discrete skills to begin with, 
then we may not be adhering to functional movement patterns and be putting ourselves at a risk of injury. So it can get very complex, though at the end of the day, it's actually relatively quite simple when we're merely or most specifically adhering to the natural movements of the body. The warning signs are and the huge red flags are when a coach is out there begin to compromise um, the human body. And a very uh, simple and I guess saturated example of this is again, I will use the forehand, is that you have so many coaches teaching a child topspin uh, with heavy balls, so we can even say the yellow tennis balls, which, I mean, if you are familiar, obviously, at uh, the developmental levels, it's stagnated, whether it's, you know, red, orange, green, then yellow. And I think it, uh, everyone could have a different interpretation, slightly different, but yellow, let's say we're looking at 100% uh, pressure. And when you're teaching a skill at 100% pressure, that ball goes higher. The child then, player, athlete, begins to hit that ball higher. And that is their uh, typical pattern. And that's what feels good to them because that's what they're taught to make sure it feels good. But at the end of the day, they're compromising because the ball essentially is bouncing higher than them. So as an adult or a coach, (laughs) well, a parent, imagine hitting something above your shoulder consistently over and over and over and over again you're going to injure your shoulder like we know that from a scientific perspective from a functional movement perspective when we look at the technical parameters to the discrete skills we know that's an injury unfortunately not many coaches do or they negate to share that or they continue they're naive about that irrespective so that is why it's so critical and fundamental to capture it early on Now, these movements, obviously that ball should be dropping a lot lower and that child athlete player should be taught to contact that ball where it's natural. And here's a huge secret and it's one of the seven keys is that if they're contacting it, obviously around or below their hip height, that is where it should be. Um, If they're not, that's okay. It just means, no, they're they're not going to develop a top 10 ranking. It's that simple. And that's how uh, critical and exciting and phenomenal uh, uh, technical patterns are because we know what that correlates with, which is incredibly exciting, again, from a playing, coaching, scientific standpoint, is that when we're able to adapt our movements to correspond with the human body and our our natural movements, our natural patterns of play, and we're able to nurture that and implement that, then we're setting ourselves up for success. And we're not only looking after our body, we're safeguarding our body, um, looking at preventing, I guess, those injuries long-term, but also we're building the framework that also corresponds with becoming one of the best players in the world. So if you are that 21, 22-year-old listing, that 25-year-old listing, you are on the ATP and or WTA tour and you want to get to the top 10, this is just as applicable. It means there's a very good reason if you're ranked top 50 in the world, top 20 in the world, the reason why you're not progressing to a top 10 ranking, look at your ball height, look where you're contacting the ball. That's what I said, is that science can get very complicated, but also very simple. And this is one of the most simple pieces of the puzzle. So if you are able to drop that ball height consistently and more consistently, 
it happens over time. It's not going to happen overnight because when we're used to performing a certain skill and this gets goes back to those discrete skills, to the serial skill and how it's developed. So it, when, when you're, you know, that fundamental baseline is developed, when you are that 13, 14 year old, it's still with you. So when you are in your 20s, so we need to scrap that back. So we need a regression in... Um, in, in a way so when we pull that back then we're allowed to progress but unfortunately we do need to regress slightly and then we need to recondition ourselves to be able to progress with that height and really what we're doing is that we are listening to our body we're integrating those natural patterns back in because we've been conditioned to remove that um, so at the end of that cycle it is easier but it is uh, cyclical in that way and you regress and progress and regress and progress unfortunately when I uh, that initial baseline is not set up and does not uh, I guess cooperate with those functional movement parameters that is respecting the body as a whole which is so fundamental and often one of the biggest mistakes for uh, junior players developmental players and or high performance players um, we have it's both the same in respect to the mistake is made for the players coaches parents and all involved is looking at the current elite because the current elite, they're at different heights, different patterns work for them, um, different ranges work for them, and it's what your body corresponds with. Everyone in some way, shape or form is the same. And again, in some way, shape or form, but not identical. Uh, everyone identifies in a different way with different patterns of play that feel more natural to them. But irrespective of what feels natural, we still need to be mindful of that kinetic chain. Uh, so we still need to be mindful of how the body moves, uh, naturally those functional movement patterns and that range. And <laughs> I think we're going to finish on that because, look, it's a very, I guess, it's really a simple topic, but it can get quite, I think, complicated because it is um, very detailed uh, when we really want to break it down. Now, I hope, uh, I guess, you can see why we broke it down is to see how I guess complicated it is all the I guess the moving pieces involved in a skill to begin with and we need to be so mindful of each one of those I think you know those bolts if you want if we're looking at you know that wheel that's going over and round around and around the only reason it does that because there are interworking pieces that allow that to happen so the same is applicable for that player or athlete and even more so if they're eight nine ten years old and again even more so when again when they're 16 17 and those modifications need to be made because of their uh the growing phases and then the same is applicable for that 20 21 year old when they're ready to progress to the next stage because they're capable of building um, more muscle mass and so their ranges and what they're capable of and their levels of power continue to progress and grow so it's incredibly exciting and rewarding and it is a progression that happens over time 
though it's being mindful of it is over time it's not something that necessarily happens overnight it's about putting the work in long term and having that plan and being mindful of what that looks like and look at the end of the day we started talking about range of movement and it's just it's so important and I'm sure you can hear how I think passionate I am about it because I know what it's like from that player's standpoint to not be able to play to have to be to hang up the boots so to speak and all rackets in that case but I also know I guess from that elite coaching standpoint with all the athletes I've worked with over the years and I've been so lucky to have such phenomenal results with working with players for such short periods of time and implementing those functional patterns into the game and you know the next thing you know that they're winning tournaments it's so rewarding and exciting when you're able to make just those subtle changes and the player athlete um, or parent is receptive to be able to do that and for the coaches out there it's we work in tandem and that's what this is all about it's that you're working with your athlete with that player and beyond top 10 tennis is here to help nudge you closer by being more mindful of those progressions um all right we're going to wrap today up on that because progressions range of movement functional movement it's so important so if there's anything you can take away from today's episode i hope it is being more mindful of progressions and the role of your range of movement specifically if you're really serious about and looking towards heading towards that top 10 tennis ranking Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, to grab a copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, please head on over to AM8 International. That's am8international.com. Uh, for any comments or questions, please head on over to AM8 as well or to Topic Thread. That's topicthread.com. It's the only social network that I'm on. However, we do have new social networks or uh, social handles now available, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok to LinkedIn, you're most welcome to jump on them and leave your comments. And I will personally see, I'll say most of them, I will do my best to see all of them. But remember to tag beyond top 10 tennis. Um, and also I get even more so to share, I think if you've learned or you've got some incredible or important insights, um, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, if you'd like something different, head on over to Pink Octopus Books. That's pinkoctopusbooks.com. And that's where my fictional release is. So I, that's more so for you know the coaches and parents out there for something different i will leave all the links in the bio and you know remember to have a peek at those show notes because i always like leaving something in there and that's from me to you and same goes with uh episode uh, questions they're specifically on spotify so if you're listening on apple google um, amazon or iHeartRadio, irrespective of where you're listening um those uh questions um, are available if you you know head on over to spotify so that's just something a little bit different but kind of cool and i do read all of those replies so thank you so much 
Um, on that note, I am so grateful. We're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I really appreciate it. And you know what? If you have been with us from the very beginning, thank you so much for your patience. If you have just tuned in, thank you also because we have been finding the ropes and as promised, slowly and steadily. But I think we're getting there. And your feedback for all of you out there has been so incredibly appreciated. And please keep it coming. (laughs) On that note, I am your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge, and this is Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.